We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl i am so excited to kick off our expert week here pre-training camp have five experts lined up all week long and we are kicking things off with the one and only aaron nagler from cheesehead tv you can follow him on twitter at aaron nagler aaron it has been far too long how the heck have you been I'm doing well. I will say if I had known that this was like expert week or whatever, I probably would have declined the invitation as uh, I am nowhere near anything approaching an expert. But I'm here. I'll, if, if I'm the first, then I guess it's like the preseason. So that's good. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. I you like know- it. Tom Grassi just did a huge charity thing for 30 days. This is right. my this is my charity. I'm going to bring on everyone and call them experts. There you so, go. I like it. I like even, it. It even out, right? Um, no, this is this is absolutely amazing. It's always great to talk to you. Um, so how we're going to kick this off is I'm going to ask everyone this week the same three Packers related questions, and I'm going to ask every expert two specific questions and then a personal question. So are you Ooh. ready to go on the hot seat? Ready to go. Let's do it. All right. So the first question, super easy. Training camp's coming up. What is the number one thing on your list that you are most looking forward to about Packers training camp? It could be a player, could be a theme, could be anything. It just cannot be anything Jordan Love related. So put him to the side. <laughs> well Outside of Jordan Love, what are you most right. looking forward to? Um, 
it's got to be all the youth on offense, right? It's going to be fascinating to watch a couple of different aspects of, I think a couple different competitions in camp probably jump out at you, whether it's the safety position, what the how the offensive line shakes out, um, what they do as far as a pass rush rotationally. But for me, it's got to be. I mean, it's the new toys, right? Finding yeah. how does how do they utilize Reed? Uh, are, how who's getting snaps? Where? How much two tight end stuff do we see? How's Deguara being utilized? Like, I'm fascinated to see the new offense. You don't. You know, I'm not going to talk about Jordan Love, but I will say like it's a new dawn. And we talked about this a lot at Cheesehead TV. We, you, and I have talked about this a lot. Like the fact that we're on the precipice of something brand new is so exciting. And I'm like I said, just fascinated to see how all the parts kind of get interwoven and, and utilized across the entirety of the offense. No, I totally agree. And it's, it's not like, it's just like new pieces, right? It's like, it's fun pieces too. It's not right. like they just went out and got like your normal, like if it was just, a, you know, Dontavian Wicks or something, which is still right. would be like a cool thing, but like, this is uh Jaden. There's Reed in the so many, round. there's like so Watson many and Dobbs in year two, Luke Musgrave, Tucker craft. Like there are a lot of really fun. Right pieces. down into like the late rounds into the undrafted kids. Like there's so yeah. many kind of fun possibilities on offense this year. And again, I'm just fascinated uh, to see how the offensive staff goes about utilizing their talents. Even uh, like the undrafted darling so far has been Malik Keith. And like, I there's, so there is Keith. a Bo Melton hive out there. I don't know why there's a Bo Melton hive, but there is a, Come Bo on, Melton do not hive. deny the greatness of Bo Melton, sir. That's true. I won't have That's it. My bad. That is my bad, but no, there's, there's a lot to be excited about. And I think just the unknowns and like the hope springing eternal, I think it's all going to be really fun. And it's just like, you know Romeo and Christian are going to get a lot of the, the targets, number one sure and number thing. two. But, like, right. after that, it's just, like, everything is opportunity, and that's what I think is well, so exciting and about. Well, to that point, though, I mean, the Bo Melton Hive, like, we joke, but if there's a camp in the NFL where yeah. if you are a young NFL pass catcher and you want opportunities, or at least just a chance to turn some heads and maybe get a chance to kind of rise up the ranks, so to speak, up the depth chart, it's in Green Bay. Yeah. I mean, even you talk about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, there's no guarantee they pick up where they left off last year. Sure. There's no guarantee that they take that proverbial next step. I expect they will. But, man, if there is a spot, like I said, in the league where right now, if you're a young offensive player, there are going to be ample opportunities to shine in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, starting in a couple of weeks. Not to bring this in a negative direction, but to your point, last year we were expecting, oh, Eric Stokes is going to take a massive jump exactly from year one. Josh Myers point. is going to take yes, a massive exactly. step in that. It's not a foregone conclusion. Exactly. No, not at all. All right. Number two, maybe the single most important question as we head into training camp in this season, an impossible seemingly question to answer. But as we sit here today, pre-training camp, what are your expectations for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers in 2023 as we sit here right now? Uh, yeah, I get asked this a lot, as you might imagine, as I'm sure yep. you are. Um, you know, I, I keep saying there's differences between what my expectations are and uh, what I think probably the fan base is looking at as far as turning the page, new starting quarterback, etc. I keep saying all I want to see is development and improvement throughout the season. I want them playing better ball in December than they are in September, right? That said, like, I think this is a playoff team talent wise. Now we all know that doesn't mean anything. You know, you sit here in the summer and look at the names on paper and I can see the talent. I can see the possibilities, but we all know they got to play those games and injuries happen and ebbs and flows will come. And it's a first year starter at quarterback. There are going to be tough times. There are going to be really tough moments. I'm really fascinated to see how they respond, how Matt responds as a head coach, you know, especially after last year. I mean, 
you go through that five game losing streak, it's like at this point he's got some armor on him. He knows yeah. kind of those tough times, right? But this is a very young team. And I'm yeah, like I said, I just want to see growth throughout the year. I mean, no one wants to say it, no one wants to talk about it, but for me, this year is about setting a foundation. Like, if they make the playoffs, that's great, and I think they can, Bonus. but it's not what I'm most concerned about. I'm most concerned with a team setting a foundation for future success where they open up another window where they're always contenders. I want that, again, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and this year is a big component and kind of kickoff for that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the really interesting thing is usually this time of year, we're talking about, all right, how can Green Bay be playing their best football come, you know, December and January? Like right. we want them peaking at the right time. I want the same thing this year, but for totally different reasons. Exactly. It's not necessarily to be like peaking at the right time for the playoffs. You get hot for the playoffs, right? If, if, if it is, it's a bonus. Oh, it'd be great. I'll take yeah, it. Exactly. Right. But it's more of like, can they show consistent progression throughout the course of the season? And even if they had those stumbling blocks and even if they start a little bit slow, if they are showing me at the end of the year, I think it was the, was it the first McCarthy season? Whatever, like the first or second McCarthy season where they went like four and eight and then they won their last four won, games of the exact, season. 100%. And they go eight and eight. And like, you could just feel like something. And the next season I think was 13 and three. And they're heading and, the and right direction. Game. Yep, exactly. And like, I just want to see something building towards the end of the year in the right direction. And if I feel that, and specifically, obviously with Jordan Love, I feel like that's going to be a ma you know, massive success. I mean, and Jordan's the biggest part, obviously. Um, you don't want to belabor it because it is so obvious, but look, we, we've seen kind of so many little glimmers and spurts throughout his first three years in the league. And it's so funny watching now that tape from Philadelphia has been sliced and diced in like every single play, even the incompletion to Aaron Jones, where everybody's like, Oh, it's such a great throw. And it is, it is, but my God, we need some new tape on Jordan Love because man, people have gone crazy. They've gone ham on that game for good reason. But now it's time for him. You know, it's a big jump coming in, spot duty, various situations to a week-to-week -week starter leading the team, leading the offense. Again, I just want to see him playing better in December than he is in September. Tune into the uh, Pack-A-Day podcast next week as I break down Jordan Love's middle school tape. From yeah, exactly. <laughs> break down every you got any more of that Jordan day Love day. tape? Right, exactly. <laughs> We're more. No, it is going to be interesting to see what he can do. And obviously all eyes are going to be on him from preseason, regular season, and hopefully beyond. All right, we've had this entire offseason to stew and marinate. I don't know if you know this, but Aaron Rodgers got traded. Um, like everything has happened. What is something that is sticking with you as we sit here in July? Either a reason for optimism or a reason for pessimism. You can go in any direction that you want, but something that is just like coursing through your veins that you just want to talk about. And it's just been something that's been, you know, you've been stewing on and marinating through the course of this offseason. Uh, can we finally get Aaron Jones recognized as a superstar in this National that. Football League. You know, it is, you know, the the kind of narrative that's been spun throughout Twitter this offseason is that, uh, and I know Matt kind of addressed this in, in one of his offseason availabilities, like they're finally going to run the Matt LaFleur offense. And Matt, KG Lee saying, oh, I don't even know what that means. Well, I think we you know what that means, Matt. Um, but the idea that I don't expect we're going to get through any games this year where Aaron Jones gets three carries in a half. And if we do, something's gone egregiously wrong. Like, can we finally recognize, like today, somebody, I think it was MJD, who I love at NFL Network, had his top five running backs, and Aaron Jones doesn't get a sniff. Yeah. Like, what? Does anyone look at his game? Does anyone watch his tape? More importantly, look at the numbers. 
Like, you can't point to basically any category where the man doesn't shine, yet he constantly gets, I guess, forgotten. So I'm hoping, I'm fingers crossed, uh, that this is the year that Aaron Jones finally gets recognized as a superstar. And it's kind of funny because, you know, he took a somewhat of a pay cut to stick around. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, he did so with the, rec- you know, the idea that, yeah, this is probably going to be my time to shine because he's got such familiarity with the system. This is a first-year starter at quarterback. you got to think they're going to lean on that running game and on the running backs in the passing game. I just, this is my prayer to the football <laughs> gods that Aaron Jones finally is recognized as the superstar he is. To be fair to all the people making their running back listicles this time of year, uh, sometimes his previous or his current and previous coach have forgotten about him as well. Yeah. <laughs> I so know. It's, it's the, very, the weird thing true. is it's like almost like, you know, Mike not playing him almost at all that first season and like him sometimes getting forgotten has right. also led him to this like super long running back career in the NFL where we're seeing guys like Ezekiel Elliott and others that are just like trying to hang on and like yeah. do anything. But he's got like still fresh legs and he's still good to nope. go. Question. I've been watching and that's the balance, right? That's I get it. I totally get it. That's the balance. You're trying to keep him healthy because look, throughout his career, he's gotten nicked up. I get it, yeah. man. You want him healthy in December going into the playoffs. I understand all that. But three carries and a half. That's yeah, egregious. No, very sorry. much so. Uh, I've been watching uh, this 2022 season back, and it's just like it, it's just so easy to strike you of like, man, he is still so freaking good. He's always been so freaking good. He's it feels like he's always going to be so freaking good. It's right. like he is a one of the most underrated stars, I think, in like in all 100%. my time watching football. Couldn't agree more. All right, uh, it's a couple Aaron Nagler specific questions oh, here. Boy. So. As mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is gone. We are in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. So I want to ask you, what is the thing that you are most excited about in the post-Aaron Rodgers era? And what is the thing that you are going to miss the most about Aaron Rodgers being gone? Well, miss the most is easy. It's the insane plays where I never, ever, ever fret that he's putting the ball in danger, yet I know he can make any throw from any place on the field and put it anywhere else on the field. Uh, and the fact that he was still doing it, I don't, I know there's a lot of negativity around Aaron in parts of the Packers Twitter sphere, if you will. And look, I do, I can't help but appreciate everything he did for the organization as a fan, like watching him, I, I'll never forget the run the table sequence because I've said so many times, greatest extended kind of run of quarterback play I've ever seen and probably will ever see. Yeah. It's those things, those plays, that stuff outside the pocket and just an ability to, and the crazy part is, is like, unlike his predecessor where I'm always kind of clenched up and oh, God, I don't know where this ball is going to go. Could go anywhere. I never worried. And so that's why it was always a shock when he did get picked off. But yeah. it, it, just that feeling of the Superman who can make any throw at any time to any place and deal it all across the field. I'm definitely going to miss that. What I won't miss what I will not miss, and you know, send your tweets to me, I don't care, uh, is just the last couple of years where he clearly, I don't want to call him dour, but man, it was hard to get, a, get him to crack a smile on the field. You know, it, it happened on occasion, but it just felt like his presence was really draining energy from the, the play on the field, from his teammates, from the franchise in general. And I get it, man. He'd been there 16 years. He wanted out in 2020. Didn't get, you know, they didn't acquiesce to his demands. So, you know, I think he was really frustrated. And so I don't, I don't kill him for it. But man, like the number of times, just think back to like all the number of times where just a huge touchdown and you get a little, 
like that from Aaron or or you know a, somebody incomplete pass and just cut to Aaron because that's what every director of every broadcast does cut yeah. to Aaron and you get some eye roll or some shake of the head and some oh, like and then it takes forever to get back to the huddle and every forever to get out of the huddle and then you're taking the play clock down and then there's the disgusted call the timeout it's like all of that negativity is gone and that's not to say that there won't be tough times and frustrations because of course there will be but it seemed like, especially his last couple of years, where his presence was a, not quite a black hole, but a bit of a kind of energy suck that I'll be happy to see the back of. When we talk about like prime Aaron Rodgers, obviously we talk about the run the table, the obviously the 2011 team that put up a ton of points with all those amazing wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think there's something underrated about like my, my favorite Aaron Rodgers was the Aaron Rodgers that was having fun. The Aaron Rodgers that was doing the belt, the Aaron yes, Rodgers that was just like confidence on top of the world. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter what anything was going on around him. He was just an assassin and he was going to crush you and he was going to have fun doing it. Doing it. And it felt like at the end of the McCarthy era, it, you could feel the the drain that he just was not having fun. And I'm not saying it's all again, same with you. I'm not saying that's all on him. Part of that was the surrounding. Oh, no. I mean, like look, last year, you get look at, you know, the fact that he has to now work without Devonte Adams, who for a yep. brief period, he thought he was going to be there. And now he's gone, you know, and they bring in new receivers and nobody like the whole thing with the hand signals is hilarious and whatever. But it's like you still saw the, exactly what you're talking about. Little glimmers of it would peek through every once in a while. Like, and the one that always gets me is he hits a big throw to Lazard down the middle against the Cowboys, and he is running up the field like a kid in a candy store. Like he's just about to beat Mike, and it's like that's that exactly what you're talking about there. Like that glimmer of oh my gosh, he's having so much fun. Yep. And you, so you saw it peek out every once in a while, and that was all oh, there's Aaron. Yep. But man, it was fewer and fewer kind of moments like that throughout the last couple of years. No, I'm totally with you. And uh, I, I I think he's, I think we're going to see more of that in New York. It seems oh, like he's super happy. Zero doubt. Yeah. I think he's going to be rejuvenated. I think we're going to see a lot of fun from Aaron this year here in New York. No doubt. Yeah. So are any of any people who are uh, upset, you know, like uh, of like uh, bashing Aaron, like I, I think we're on lockstep here of like, he's, I think he's going to have an awesome season and I think he found his fun again. I think I've said all along, I, I felt like this was best for absolutely everyone and Correct. including Aaron. He just needed a change of scenery. Green Bay needed a change of scenery. I think this is going to work out. I'm hopeful that this works out well for everyone. Agreed. All right. Number five, the last Aaron uh, specific question here. You and I, I feel like, have been on the king of the get Kenny help bandwagon <laughs> slash train. Right. They go out and they spend a committee co-chairs yes. on Devontae Wyatt. I think we're all hoping for a jump from TJ Slayton. Mm. They get Colby Wooden in the fourth round. They still got Jonathan Ford hanging around. They get Carl Brooks. Does Kenny have enough help? Do you still want to see him get more help? And uh, what are your expectations for that defensive line in 2023? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I just talked about this with Justice at Acme Packing Company. Man, I if there's one spot, I think they need to make a call and get bring in a vet. It's probably along the defensive line. I don't think Kenny has enough help yet. I do think it's going to be fascinating to see how they utilize these big bodies up front, how much, you know, we know they're going to be predominantly sub. You know, they're going to see a lot of two-down linemen. Um, when they do use three and, and Kenny kicks out most likely to end and they've got TJ probably playing nose, I mean, how are you, how much of that are we going to actually see? And if it is two guys like Wyatt, you're counting on a lot of like this guy again. Going back to what we were talking about at the top here, it's not a given, man. And uh, there are a couple of free agents out there that I wouldn't mind them bringing in. Uh, but hey, look, I, I think probably in the spirit of n- kind of a renewal of the roster, right? A reset. They want these young guys to compete. They want these young guys to get the snaps and develop, and I totally understand that. I just have visions of the Eagles running for 300-plus yards, and I can't get it out of my head. So all I want is the ability to control stuff. And actually, that's one of the things I'm talking about in my chat today. It's first down defense. You've got to be able to control stuff on first down. They were giving up six yards per play, over six yards per play. They were 30th in the NFL in regards to first down defense. They were lights out on third down. They just couldn't get to third down. So a big part of that to me is winning up front. And you can't win up front if you're completely kind of overmatched continuously week to week. And I think, again, yeah, I think one more uh, big body might help. But we'll see. Now, who knows? They Like you, you mentioned, those young guys that they drafted, there are some penetrators there. You know, there's some guys who have some quick disruption. Maybe that's the plan rather than trying to – physically overpower people. We're going to slice through gaps and create havoc. Like, whatever they're doing, let's get it done on first down because that killed them last year. You know, I was talking with, I think it was Justice about this for for later in the week, and uh, him and I were talking a little bit about, it's interesting, you've got Devontae White, who's more of like a gap penetrator. You've got uh, you Colby Wooden, Carl Brooks, who I think are going to be more in that mold. Even like right. a Quay Walker can, yeah, I think, blitz up the middle a little bit. You've right. got a Lucas Van Ness, who I think can even do that a little bit from the inside. It seems like yes. they've gotten a little bit quicker, a little bit more maybe more gap athletic. penetrating. Yes. And I wonder if that is something that they maybe plan on it doing a little bit. It has to be. I keep and thinking of that like because like it goes against type in Green Bay for quite a while now. Yeah. Like going back before when Petten was in town, like they have wanted those big bodies to kind of control gaps. And it sure feels like and looks like, and your point about Van Ness is spot on, like throw him in the rotation where, yeah, I, I suspect we're going to see him inside probably more than maybe some people are expecting with the idea of, yeah, let's create some havoc and let's like clog up these running lanes and let's, get them behind the sticks rather than giving up, 
you know, over half the yardage needed on first down. So I'm, ho- I'm thinking that's the plan. I'm hoping because God knows, like right now, I see a lot of what, you know, as far as if they're trying to line up and control gaps, they're going to get pushed around again. And I, I, don't, I don't love that idea. I kind of wonder if the next, so last year we saw a lot of, in like the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of the two high safeties and just trying to keep everything in front of you front, and limit right. big plays and limit yardage, right? Yep. I kind of wonder if the next evolution of that is that same thing, but try to cause as much havoc up front and get upfield and try to get a, a loss, try to make it second and Correct. 13, yes. second and 12, whatever. And then let because, the secondary feast. And, and yes. Exactly. And like, you know what, if I give up 10 yards on a passing play while trying to get upfield or on a running play, all right, you know, I'd rather go back to first and 10. I'm resetting. Second exactly. And like, you know, totally so agree. Absolutely. I wonder if that's almost percent. like the, let, let's just, let's cause chaos. If we give up a 12 yard run, no big deal. We'll, we'll try it again next down. Maybe we can finally get a second and 13, third and 15, whatever, and finally get off the field and kind of go about, about it more but, that way. And that's but, the thing, right? They were really successful after the bye week, yeah. as far as they had ran so much cover two and cover six and eyes on the quarterback and, the fact that they were as successful as they were on third down and just, you know, as far as like giving up so many yards on first, if they can get into second and 13, get into third and eights, third and tens, man, they've got the they've got the horses in the secondary to make people pay, but they got to get there. And it, like I said, right now, I'm hoping that's the plan as far as the disruption up front will lead to some more of those advantageous you know, down to distances. I think that's certainly the hope. All right. Super quick bonus one is we are getting closer and closer to the hall of fame game. Give me your elevator speech on why Sterling Sharp should be in the NFL hall of fame. Oh man. He was a man among boys in the field. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows my spiel here. It's unfair how father time has kind of erased how amazing he was. And I get, um, it was a very different media landscape. There's not as much available, like, film-wise that you can kind of bandy about and show people, but you don't get how the entire stadium knew he was getting the ball. Brett Favre was only throwing it to him. Defensive coordinators spent all week, all week, planning how to stop Sterling Sharp, and no one could. I can't can't overstate it, And, and anyone who watched him will know. I tell no lies here. Like, the man was un- stoppable except by injury and that's the sad part of it is because if he had stuck around he's I'm not saying he equals Jerry Rice's numbers but he's in the conversation with Jerry Rice as the best wide receiver in the game there's zero doubt in my mind that's how good he was there was uh what Rice Irvin Sharp you know kind of Chris Carter like the NFC like those four NFC wide receivers were just like it felt like head and shoulders above everyone else. everybody no question No, totally agreed. All right. Last question, personal question. Your favorite all-time Cheesehead TV moment slash memory. Oh, wow. Man, you should have given me a heads up on this one. There's too many. Um, I'm a hot seat. I'll, you know, I got, it's maybe, I mean, there's, there's so many. Like, honestly, the first thing that springs to mind is the first time I got to interview Mike McCarthy off to the side of the combine. It was the first time I ever spoke to him. And he was like, I really like what you guys do. Like, that oh, was a awesome. kind of a pinch me moment. Um, getting credentialed for the combine for the first time probably is up there as well, but, or going to the draft and covering that and credentialed for that, all that stuff was amazing. But I will say probably, and there's a bit, maybe a bit of a recency bias here, but traveling to London last year and having our meetup and being absolutely overwhelmed at the number of people that showed up. I mean, it was insanity. Corey and I both were a little taken aback. Uh, We were very surprised and it was you know, our tag at 
Cheesehead TV is we're devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. And right. I'm telling you, people showed up from around the world for that game, obviously. But they all made sure, you know, made sure that they were at this meetup. And then on top of that, I'm going to the game that next day. And some kid on the sub on the tube is like, are you he was had an accent. He was, are you Aaron Aguilar? I watch you every day. And I was just I wasn't dressed with Cheesehead TV stuff. I'm just like chilling in my gear and. It was just mind blowing. Like that's the first time I really kind of comprehended that. Yep. Okay, we're kind of making inroads. You know, we're like there. Are, well, there's actually people kind of watching around the world, and we always talk about that. And obviously, the majority of our viewership is in Wisconsin. But man, we want to connect people from all across the globe, and it seems like it's kind of kind of working. So that was a very big pinch me moment, no doubt. You guys have built something really special over at Cheesehead TV. I would be not be in my position today had it not been for Cheesehead TV. So that's uh, you not guys, true. You you I, would I, you'd be so. in your position, and maybe the path would have been different. But you've you've killed it, Andy. It I wasn't appreciate anything that we've as done. Well. We've helped give you a platform at one point, but the, you you're the one doing the work. But it's an amazing platform. And like I said, you guys have built something really special and uh, you guys deserve all the success that you were given and uh, have, have earned, no doubt about it. Uh, Aaron, this is absolutely Brilliant. amazing. I always love chatting football with you. I'm sure we're going to do it a ton more as football season starts to kick it's off. almost that time, baby. Excited to see almost you at training time. camp. Can't Make wait. sure you're following Aaron. On, where, where do we follow you on threads, Aaron? And plug everything <laughs> you got coming up. Threads is Aaron's story because that's my handle on Instagram. So it's Aaron's story on threads, uh, Aaron Nagler on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Whatever the next social platform is, it'll be Aaron sick of it <laughs> slash thread. I don't know. Something like that. Beautiful. Uh, thanks again so much for doing this. Make sure to follow Aaron, of course, over on Cheesehead TV as well. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. Make sure to follow all week for our entire list of guests. It's going to be absolutely amazing. That does it for us. Until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.